Welcome to a very mindful podcast. I'm your host Aurelian, and in this episode, I speak with Stefan Sigatori, a business intelligent consultant and the director of the WeSpace Lab, a company who's devoted to help businesses incorporate mindfulness-based techniques into a professional working environment. We discuss how lifeless business culture has become and what is lacking on a personal level in the workplace today. This also relates to university culture and how students can benefit from applying WeFlow principles to their study environment, things that include playfulness, excitement, and the joys that can be found through mindful collaboration. In any case, it was a very fruitful conversation. Here it is. Enjoy. I'm here with Stefan Segatori. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Stefan. Hello, Aurélien. Nice to see you today. I'm very excited to, uh, to talk to you about something called WeFlow. But before we jump into all about that and what exactly you do and your background and all the fascinating stuff that revolve around that, maybe we want to start this podcast with a few of the uh, a few of the, the WeFlow principles uh, that you may start your own sessions with. Yes. Well, um, it's, it's a collective practice that, that uses mindfulness. And the very first uh, principle is that we give people freedom before anything. So whatever we do in WeFlow is uh, an invitation and people say, can say yes or no, or ask questions. And, uh, and it, we, apply this, we apply this principle to everything we do and uh, uh, everything we help, any company that we help also. Well, so, so you talk about freedom, but so specifically, how, how do you usually start your, your sessions with people? What do you usually tell them? Yeah, what's important with, with mindfulness is that we can't capture what we're trying to free, right? Uh, we, can, <laughs> we can't tell someone be mindful because the effect is the opposite. So, um, <laughs> and uh, when we gather as a, as a collective or as practitioners, uh, the first thing we do is to set up um, our interpersonal space. We have basically an intentional culture and uh, our very first uh, piece of culture is that uh, uh, we invite the possibility of uh, being mind-blown and hard-blown today. It basically means, uh, am I open to learn something new? Am I open to uh, have life show me something new today? You know, it's one of the also principles of mindfulness. It gives insight. So am I open for insight today? And uh, I'm, uh, I am open myself today. How about you? Same. I'm very open. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't have to make it happen, but uh, we are open for surprise. <laughs> mm. So, so why why is it that you usually start this way? Actually, you know what? Um, I'll, I'll just, if with your permission, uh, share yeah. two more things that mm -hmm. usually uh, that I know from a friend. Actually, a friend who yeah. is uh, Diego, who's a steward at uh, at your WeFlow um, practice, and yeah. he so so he started a, a session with me for fun showing me around WeFlow. <laughs> and uh, two of the other things that I really liked was, of course, how you start with, are you open to aim for 100% playfulness and a healthy amount of, let's say, 69% seriousness, right? <laughs> so that, that, that one's a yes. good one. And, and by the way, so these are all things that you say in, in, a, in a social space such as this one, so that you start your collaboration on the right, on the right foot, right? And, uh, and another one is, um, uh, what if everything we need or want is already here? And yes. the first time that I heard that one, it kind of stumped me. Like, as in, for, for just a second, for a brief second, I thought, wow, you know, the, <laughs> it, it, relate, it really relates to mindfulness where you take a moment and you think, wow, I don't, I don't need to be heading anywhere. Everything that I need is right in front of me. And I just have to, I just have to be aware of, of that, be aware of the, of the present rather than always thinking about the, about the future, such as me right now recording this podcast. I can always think about the next question that I might want to ask you, but in the end of the day, I should, I should really try to enjoy the moment that I have with you because that, that moment will pass and it's, it's, it's good to appreciate it. So it's, it's kind of like, 
I, I like how how you start these sessions with kind of this mindful, uh, yeah, the, the, a mindful presence, but also gratitude, right? Yes. Yes. So we 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 call them point pointers, and uh, there's. I mean, the way this evolved is that uh, a lot of um, conscious practitioners, um, you know, having having probably many years of meditation, I can tell you about my track. I mean, my track record about <laughs> meditation uh, soon. But um, as we come together uh, between practitioners, there are um, ways that we are wanting to interact that are not really be being made explicit uh, by default and you know what does it mean being mindful uh, an example is uh, hmm, are we free to be with our present moment awareness right now you and i this is something that maybe i was already giving to you and you were already giving to me can we take a moment to be with our sensations emotions and thoughts before we <laughs> you know before we uh, continue our flow or, or start our, our work day, you know. Um, and uh, what we did is uh, over the course of four years at the uh, Space Lab in Amsterdam, um, and also a lot online actually uh, since COVID, we basically looked at uh, what does it mean to be mindful around each other, and especially how can this contribute to our flow, to our work together. And uh, we noticed a lot of subtle things that uh, was were already happening or that we were already giving each other and we decided to make them explicit and uh, playfulness was a big one as you said um, mm. our, <clears throat> our approach is mostly centered around um, professionals and uh, one thing that is very important in in the business world today and with professionals is uh, to bring back the engagement to bring back the playfulness um, and uh, there's a lot of uh, medium-sized and large companies who have uh, issues uh, motivating their employees. And um, very quickly, we noticed that there's a link between play and mindfulness. If I keep at least a little bit of playfulness uh, in my experience, in my um, what I'm about to do, then it means part of my awareness is open. It means... Um, I'm going to have a bit more space to witness what I'm doing. And if, I, on the contrary, I'm being more than 100% serious, uh, or 100% serious, if I feel guarded uh, amongst other practitioners or professionals, then I'm going to hold my awareness a little bit tight. And this holding with tightness, it can be nice for concentration practices, but in the end, uh, awareness cannot really fully flow uh, when we're holding it uh, tight. So uh, we ended up uh, <laughs> uh, having this uh, breakthrough that the space we want to be in as we practice and as we play and as we do our work is a lot of playfulness, maximum playfulness, and, but also a minimum of seriousness and especially not too much seriousness. That's how we came up with 100% playful max and 69% serious. And um, I feel a little bit shy right now but i also feel quite excited so i'm both feeling some seriousness and both feeling some playfulness right now yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I think you touched on a lot of important stuff that i definitely want to dive more into uh before we before we do that before we go into more mm -hmm. questions on the, this notion of playfulness that you mentioned uh and the area in which you can use this tool of mindfulness in the social sphere but in the in the workplace and how that relates to students. So all of these questions are coming up. First of all, um, I would like to ask you about how you came to be interested in this in the first place. Uh, could you maybe give us your, your background? Uh, uh, what is it that you've been doing? And uh, yeah, how, how is it that you've become interested in this? Sure. Um, so my background is in uh business intelligence and it's now called uh, data and analytics and i started in 2005 as a consultant leading teams and uh, in the later years i became a data analytics manager for large companies and uh, i transitioned um, i was partially um, continuing this type of work and uh, setting up our, our space lab and, and our company and uh, now fully transitioned since uh, i would say few few months maybe three four months 
and uh, it's been it's been quite a journey. So how did I come uh, to mindfulness and meditation practices um, in my work as a consultant? Um, I had two years of uh, let's say quite a hardcore, difficult political engagements with uh, one main client of my previous companies, uh, and what happened is that I was looking for a way to recover. You know, I was working so hard that I had this feeling that I lost a little bit of capacity of memory or even my IQ felt like it, was, it had reduced. And, and so I got a bit scared and a bit spooked and I've, I've tried to find ways to recover that. And I tried a lot of things, but uh, what worked the best is uh, meditation, especially uh, Vipassana meditation, body scan meditation. I can still remember my first experience where I came out of this yoga center after one hour of meditation and I felt that the world around me was in slow motion. <laughs> it looked like my brain was like, a, you know, a computer hard drive never defragmented uh, after a long period of use and, and we it, it kind of was reorganized for the first time and everything felt clear and... Um, I so I told myself, wow, that this there is really something there, and I later also noticed that for for my personality style, um, mindfulness and meditation are particularly um, uh, beneficial in terms of insight, creativity, and um, and then what I did is that uh, I started so I started very slow, just taking mindfulness breaks, and one day I wanted to make it a habit. So I took a 10-day retreat, um, silent retreat, and then here I am, um, something like uh, probably eight years after, and uh, I, in total 15 retreats, I, I took all the Theravada uh, Buddhist path, and then I was interested in the mix between um, Western psychology and Western science and these Eastern practices. So um, I started uh, with a sangha called Integral Zen, which uh, integrates, you know, body, mind, soul, uh, um, psychotherapy into the mindfulness path. And then I also discovered um, a teacher called Daniel P. Brown, which is both a psychologist and a Tibetan uh, teacher. And um, with him, I. I took uh, basically all the stages of the Tibetan path. And for me, it was both a transformational journey uh, for myself, but also a way to um, educate myself, to be able to emerge uh, practices that I had an intuition could benefit both the business world, uh, but also this uh, collective communities of transformation. Mm. Right, right. And so the way that you, you did that was by, w are you the, the founder of WeFlow? Did you, uh, did you start with it? Our word for, our word for that is uh, originator. So it's, um, we have um, a very interesting uh, design principle, which is everything we do is a collective emergence. So a brain and a heart, uh, a person by themselves cannot uh, create or update WeFlow everything we have and everything we do emerge from a collective practice. So my role at the beginning was to uh, basically gather the people, uh, finance the, the project. Uh, it's it's uh, self-funded now. And uh, also to find all the, basically, the help that we needed to transform into an, an actual professional practice. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of... Um, different profiles at the beginning. Uh, we had psychotherapists, we had a lot of coaches. Our, our first pilot client was a, a quite now large coaching company in Holland. Uh, and also many different practitioners and experts um, that I met uh, around travels um, uh, for two years. Yeah, And what, what was pretty cool is that things started to happen before we deliberately try to make them happen. So it, it, and I can talk a bit about it. Uh, we use a way of, let's say, a type of practice called We Space Practices. So WeFlow is a We Space practice. It's uh -huh. a type, um, type of practice. And it comes from the integral movement. Um, there's a philosopher called Ken Wilber uh, who 
uh, emerged a theory that uh, brought together the work of many, many scientists, many contemplative teachers, um, many practitioners uh, everywhere. And uh, there's a part of this theory that talks about the we. The we is what happens when people come together, basically. It's, uh, it's also culture, it's also um, the, the collective interior space, everything we can subjectively perceive uh, together. And uh, it's also all the set of um, semantics, uh, language, all the, the human <laughs> creations that are making culture function, right? And so we space practices are basically intentional practices. So we come together with an intention. And most of the time in integral movement, it's about awakening. Um, or it's about uh, learning, developing mindfulness, or it's about well-being. For us, uh, the intention with which we come together is well-being, but persistent well-being. We're not interested in having a temporary high or an expansion of uh, awareness mm -hmm. or consciousness. We're more interested in how do we integrate this in daily life. Um, why? Because uh, the, the, the group of people who came together at the origination of WeFlow were advanced practitioners. And uh, they were more interested, okay, now... <laughs> How do I bring this in my daily life? Than uh, continuing to, you know, uh, do meditation by themselves. You know, it's all about how do we bring it in connection? How do we bring bring it in our daily uh, work? And so our second intention in WeFlow is to, it's also our purpose, is to uh, feel more able around each other. We want to do what's most important for us in the world. So it's both persistent well-being and doing what's most important suppose action and developing persistence your well-being right uh, may I ask so we flow the first time I heard it I thought maybe it had something to do with uh, what the the very popular book named flow by uh, this guy called uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi who is uh, this I think he's what is he, uh, Polish uh, or something like that. Uh, and he, yeah, he, so in, in this book, he, he kind of goes into what he calls the flow state. Did you have that in mind when, when you were first thinking of being in flow? Um, our original name, the temporary name was Practical Collective State. We wanted okay. to make something practical out of conscious practices. Uh, and... Um, the way uh, our name uh, change is that if a name emerge in one of our practices uh, space and uh, everybody likes it, then it becomes our new name. And after the second weekend, someone said, wow, I really liked our WeFlow today. And everyone started using this word. So it became the de facto new name of the, of the practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so diving more into um, what exactly WeFlow is uh, more, more more practically speaking so um, so if I if I may summarize it in one sentence and you'll tell me how good of a job I, I did um, is it is WeFlow uh, essentially about influencing business culture and so, so as to redefine, uh, the, 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 the social rules that make up co collaboration and, and, uh, and relations between employees or relations between individual working on a, on a, on a common aim and, and then consequently that way increasing performance. Is that, does that kind of capture what, what mm -hmm. businesses hire you for, for instance? Uh, I would say... There, there's a lot of elements in what you do that are correct. Um, I think we don't have an intention to redefine social norms. Um, what, um, what we're doing is, uh, well, it, it's a little bit connected to flow. Um, when we put attention on the way uh, we relate on the interpersonal, uh, interpersonal space and when we become deliberate and intentional on how we want to relate as uh, practitioners or as uh, colleagues, um, it, it touches um, a part of our direct experience. It has an influence on our state, you know. So every business happens in a culture. There's, there's no way out of that. And culture influences states. 
and states influence productivity and stress and performance. So um, very quickly, when we when we uh, were trying to look why we had those um, uh, productive unobstructed uh, state experience, uh, we noticed that the way we were really relating with each other and the freedom we give each other influenced that. And so we ask ourselves, okay, what are the freedoms we are giving each other right now? Some are explicit, some are not yet explicit. And then we made them explicit. And as we did that, for example, uh, in WeFlow, everyone is free to allow for spontaneous genius and creation when it comes for them. So if, for example, in a meeting, if I remember a genius ID or I do have a, a message to send that I, I'm stressed about it and I, f I forgot to do it or I have... I know what I'm going to say in this message. It's okay to take my phone and start taking notes or sending this message. We give people freedom to follow their spontaneous flow of action. If someone needs your attention in WeFlow, and uh, well, and your attention is not on them, they will they will tell you, they will ask you. But by default, we are freeing a lot of things. First, uh, everyone is free to have their um, attention towards action, but also everybody is free to do whatever they want inside themselves. So if I want to close my eyes and meditate, even if I'm leading a, a meeting, of course, I won't do it for, for 10 minutes, but um, it, it's clear that I have freedom to do so. Everyone has freedom to do so. Um, mm -hmm. So this is the intentional culture that influence state, but also we notice as people come together, there's a natural, um, subtle, unfolding that almost ever happen when we come together there's always a phase where uh, at the beginning of a meeting or just when a group gathers we are landing landing is feeling connected to the to the space to ourselves, to others you know maybe it's chit-chatting maybe it's taking a breath because we were running so that's the first phase and then we have two other phases in our intentional flow we have a phase of um, uh, receiving which is the moment where there's a state of shift towards more productivity or more well-being. And then the last phase, which is the biggest one, is the phase of making. We're making progress, we're making actions, we're making calls, we're doing what's most important for us. And at this last, um, at the end of this last phase, we do something that uh, emerged uh, very quickly in the first few months. We have a practice for human nourishment. So one of the effects of WeFlow is that after we come together, we live with more energy than uh, how we came in the room. And for that, we have a practice called appreciations that uh, is more um, around the human side of um, interaction. And we appreciate people for the qualities that they brought in the space. It's, um, it's, quite a, it's quite a simple practice, but we can take it very far. And there's a kind of mindfulness of the impact we have on each other as we do this practice. Uh, that um, really help people getting, how can I say, feeling seen. Uh, yeah, I could say more, but I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna stop here. So this is our intentional flow, yeah. um, and uh, we also have an intentional culture. So what we do with companies uh, today, we have uh, three company clients. Um, they have desires to improve their culture, but also to grow maybe their products or to function bit better and uh, we create this uh, conscious space and uh, we bring their way of functioning their way of working in our intentional flow and what it does is that it reveals certain parts and uh, we instantly uh, evolve and improve those parts and uh, they are left with a, an effect that they can already uh, feel the same day and uh, an impact on their business uh, because we go a lot of we flow is about action so uh, we leave people with progress at every session. So I'm, I wouldn't say that we change the culture, but what we do is that we provide a space that accelerate growth, that accelerate the evolution of culture, the evolution of processes. Mm. Yeah, because essentially what you're doing is also paying more attention to the individual within the collective, right? I mean, when we're talking about business culture or we're talking about, because we're also talking to students about university culture, uh, and and the, the place in which work happens, the individual is often left behind or ignored, right? And in this way, I see that through through this this mindful play or through this 
reintegration you're kind of you're, you're bringing back the the individual creativity the freedom the individual potential right to the to the forefront uh, so as to to, to create um, yeah better workflow and etc mm -hmm. yeah. yes so there's um in, in the integral movement we have something called um, teal organization and it of course applies to uh, universities uh, it, it can apply to universities and there's three aspects one of them is wholeness another one is evolutionary purpose uh, the other one is self-management so in WeFlow wholeness is quite important um, we are not feeling uh, let's say scared of talking about states or talking about emotions uh, on the contrary and, and honestly it took us quite some some time to find the right uh, percentage of bringing parts of the indi individual in a collective space so that we can feel more whole, but also bring it in a way that makes uh, everyone feel more uh, well-being and more productivity. Mm. Um, but um, we have a special, um, for example, when we land, we are both uh, inviting people to share uh, a good news on interesting challenge, but also what's their mood and what's their desired mood. So there's an awareness on states, there's an awareness on emotional state and mental state uh, that is inherently part of, of everything we do. And then our stewards, so it's it's the name that uh, we have for our facilitators, um, our stewards are here to um, guide uh, properly this, uh, how can I say, this wholeness um, mm -hmm. uh, because not everyone can let's say bring their full self at the same time so mm. um, there's a certain steering or there's a certain orienting of that um, that uh, makes it actually beneficial and having been uh, last thing i can say about it having been a manager and a team leader for many years uh, you know sometimes in Okay, in learning context or, or professional context, um, bringing the topic of emotions or bringing more of our inner world can feel scary because it can sidetrack us. You know, mm -hmm. if, if we don't know how to uh, welcome uh, someone, a uh, state, if we don't know how to make room, make space or invite uh, properly, uh, it can actually, um, yeah, can actually be detrimental to productivity and to learning so uh, it takes a special training to to feel confident in uh, bringing those things but once we find the right spot uh, the right sweet spot and once we know how to do that it actually becomes be very beneficial it gives the same benefit that uh, if someone is working on their uh, their purpose so um, hmm. yeah I mean, you mentioned that you're very aware of people's internal states, right? Uh, that, that, and in a way, that, that reminds me of um, something called nonviolent communication. Uh, I, I'm, uh, you've probably heard of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And really, nonviolent communication reminds me of this because it's so much about within communication, being sure that someone's needs are covered you know uh so often when we're in dialogue with someone um uh, whether it's a friend or a spouse or a stranger or whatever we kind of take their needs for granted we we're not we forget that they're individual beings who mm -hmm. who have this the, these needs to be first of all to be loved you know to be heard to be respected mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and and we flow in this in this case reminds me of that because that bringing that internal uh bringing your internal state to to a collaborative workspace is kind of like okay let's agree that first of all our basic needs are covered and then from there you know the sky's the limit because a, a lot of the times there are barriers to to, to collaboration that could be easily overcome if if our egos weren't so big or if if we weren't so uh, so blind to to other people's uh sense of uh, own uh ambition or sense of own uh creativity mm -hmm. right if i'm leading 
a group of students into a presentation and I totally dismiss their ideas, they will not put in any effort within this presentation mm -hmm. because they, they will feel like their voices aren't heard. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, how, how do you relate to, 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 to that? Um, yes, yeah, so you, the, the way we um, emerged WeFlow is that uh, we brought a group of professional um, for three months and uh, uh, from different companies, some from the same company. And uh, we, we tried many different things. Uh, we brought some of the things we know. We didn't bring NVC, but we, we brought some uh, other practices that are a bit more experiential and less language communication oriented, mm -hmm. but more um, um, relating and uh, relating an inner outer experience uh, oriented. And what happened is that uh, we had a very large wall with a lot of post-its that explained or that contained the key moments that happen in our collective flow. And uh, we noticed that there are patterns of uh, this moment that, that, came, that came back several times, right? And one of them is, for example, if uh, we start a session and not everyone has shared what is their happiest outcome, why are they here, what they want to get from this session, then it's hard to have maximum engagement. If and then we also notice if uh, people get to share something about their heart, something about their mood, you know, not forcibly meaning that someone will have to take care of their mood, you know, but just the possibility to acknowledge what state they are in, this also uh, makes them feel uh, very welcome. So it increases engagement. And also um, starting the meeting with uh, sharing um, something positive that happened uh, to us today or yesterday. Mm. And also we can share an interesting challenge, but focusing on the positive, it helps us remember. Sometimes we had a very positive experience the next day, but as we wake up, we it's a bit fuzzy. We don't, uh, <laughs> we don't fully remember it. So we notice these patterns that increase engagement. And um, we also noticed that uh, we were talking sometimes about the inner world, uh, sometimes we were comparing our inner world. Sometimes we are talking about business practices. Sometimes we were talking about how we want to relate with each other. And uh, sometimes we were just creating things, producing documents. So WeFlow covers all those aspects. There's no, I would say, limitation on what uh, WeFlow practices uh, practice can, can cover. And so what, what happened quickly is that we started to feel a continuity. And that became one of the goals of WeFlow to feel a continuity between business world, interpersonal world, inner world, and uh, especially the integration points between between all those uh, different areas of life experience. Uh, what makes when I'm a student or a professional, what influences my inner world? What are all the points that I can integrate differently in my life to influence my state differently? Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's fascinating, and I'll I would encourage uh, people to discover it for themselves because, uh, mm. of course, we can only give you a hint of of what uh, what what is lying before mm. you. Um, but but I, I would love to go back to one of the previous yep. questions that I had, um, and that is on on this um, maybe on on current business culture. So. Uh, I wanted to ask you because what seems what I what I see especially also not only in business but in uh, in my personal life in a student environment I see this large disconnect that we have to our studies right this large disconnect or a lost sense of purpose that we have to to the the, the work that we we produce and to the learning that we're we're doing uh, it's it constantly as if we're kind of uh, trying to get it done so that it's over with and we don't really pay attention to the process. Um, and we, like we're always future-oriented in the way that we always keep thinking of, okay, what's the, what's the next you know, step in this, in this process? What, what's the next degree I can achieve? What's, so that I can get a better job, so that I can climb that ladder, etc., etc. And no way along the way 
do you ever stop and reflect okay what am i learning am i am i enjoying myself do i allow myself to have this this playfulness as you as you put it earlier mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so i wanted to, to to ask you how how is it that that we flow really is able to kind of tell people okay stop stop what you're doing and think for a moment if if you're enjoying it because some people might not enjoy the work that they're doing and mm-hmm. do you do, do you think if they if they enter a weflow session would they would they realize oh mm-hmm. crap i have to i have to change jobs i have to quit my job or is there a way <laughs> to make their job already much more enjoyable or to realize that it <laughs> is intrinsically valuable to them mm-hmm. yes uh, i like your question uh, what we notice pretty quickly is that um, if we try to bring more mindfulness or more awareness to our job or to our student work, for example, uh, it can feel like uh, like uh, adding more homework on top of <laughs> an already large part of homework. So we, we do this differently. Um, we bring our work into our awareness. We bring, yes, we, we bring, um, let's say, uh, when, when we start a session, um, the, the invitation is to share about the inner experience of being a student, for example. Or, so we have uh, approximately around eight students in a collective of 100 uh, members. Um, and um, what we notice... Um, is really helpful for students that we we, we weekly uh, have some gathering. We have some weekly gathering, and especially on Monday morning and on Wednesday uh, afternoon, where we get to check in. How does this? How does this week of study uh, feel for me? How do I want to start it? And um, there's um, in our space, there is always support. There's always what we call backup. So um, if a student is stuck in their studies, they can, uh, in, for example, if they join one of our weekend and our two months uh, uh, immersion program, I would say, uh, they can call uh, once a week, also outside of these weekly calls in case they're stuck. And um, we have a certain way of supporting people to get back into a state where they feel unstuck and productive. Uh, it is very unlike coaching. Mm. And our approach is different. We don't say people stop what you're doing. Mm. Uh, on the country, we attune to their flow. We join them in their flow. You know, we don't want to. We don't want or need for people to change their experience. Uh, we want to welcome their experience in our space, mm-hmm. right? And um, so it's it's a fundamental change in dynamics where. Um, the, the the object of uh, us coming together is uh, how can I say not getting out of stress mm-hmm. but what features uh, do our collective space in terms of culture or in terms of support can uh, help you for what you have to need for what you need to do right now mm-hmm. so become very concrete yeah. right yeah but also when when students are studying, studying, or for that matter, if uh, an employee is working, then the the most productive they are is when they are experiencing the most fun, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I, I had yes. a I, I made a, a previous podcast, not on, on a very mindful podcast, on on another one, where I talked about curiosity within students and this this just lost sense of wanting to find Mm -hmm. an answer to a question that you have because essentially the way I see my studies for instance is I'm studying a political science by the way so in the political world I will have a I will have a question and what I'm doing with my studies is I'm trying to get an answer to that question I'm trying to uh, Mm -hmm. I'm using my childlike curiosity that I have okay for instance, oh, why is the sky blue, etc. Right? Um, 
and I'm using and I'm using more refined tools now that I'm at university. I'm using more refined tools. I'm using previous answers that previous thinkers might have given me, and I'm trying to to use those to get an answer to my questions. And we forget that that is the entire reason why we're here to 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 discover, right? To learn, um, and and we and the way that information is presented to us students is that there's already an answer. These are the type of reflections that I've made in, the, in a previous uh, episode on curiosity, right? The importance of curiosity. Mm-hmm. But so, so there's this, this curiosity, this sense of fun, sense of enjoyment, sense of excitement, and all of these things mm-hmm. have been kind of just <laughs> replaced by monotonous, uh, just bo- boring, bo- boredom, right? Um, <laughs> And, and that, that, that's what I think also lies at the heart of maybe what WeFlow is trying to, to avoid, right? Avoiding mm-hmm. people just aimlessly going towards something and reminding them what the aim yeah. is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it's true. We, we have um, uh, <laughs> we have a very playful way to engage. We have a game called the Intention Game. That's something that happened spontaneously one day and uh, we just started revealing our intention, revealing what's happening inside ourselves right now. And um, if we do it for five minutes, you and I, I can also do it by myself on my on a paper. I'm just writing uh, what is playing inside me. So right now I'm intending to explain the intention game. Mm-hmm. And I'm intending to pause for one second and see if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm intending to find my, my next word. Um, and as we play this game together, what happens is that we use our self-awareness, our mindfulness, to notice what's going on. And if we do it for five minutes, at some point, we will have such an access to our um, inner drive because we, we will have witnessed it and expressed expressed it for five minutes. And uh, it usually takes us uh, pretty quickly into a productive state. Uh, so there's this few playful slash mindful practices that solve classic daily problem in uh, five to ten minutes, and we also <laughs> we also have um, an example is uh, I can feel I don't know I, feel, I can feel frustrated with uh, some studies that I had. Um, sometimes I give some backup to students who felt quite frustration against I don't know. The, the content or the, the, the way the exercise is phrased or relationship with uh, other students or teachers. And in WeFlow, we have a practice for frustration that uh, uses uh, someone's self-awareness to uh, transmute that into what we call creative power. It takes from 10 to 30 minutes and uh, there's a shift of state happening. So we have uh, this many, in, we call them inner gestures that you can do it by yourself or with others. And uh, they kind of uh, add this kind of engaging mm. uh, feel to, to mindfulness. So yes, I am studying, but I'm also aware of my inner flow. And there's a few things I can do to mm. uh, improve it. Mm-hmm. You know, or to yeah, the, the, the way that I see it is just kind of awakening our, our inner child, right? Um, going back to, to some of the things that that we, we might have left on the side as we grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course, the first step to do that is, is being mindful of it. First of all, realizing how you're feeling. Are you engaged? And, and, then, and only then can you actually do something about it. And uh, so I, I love this uh, intention game. I'll, I'll ask Diego to, to play it with me. <laughs> see, see how that works. But it, it, it makes sense to me. Um, that by by setting your intentions clear already you're you're double as aware and double as 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 engaged as before mm-hmm. um in this specific game so we're not setting our intention we'll we are expressing through our voice the intention that is already playing mm-hmm. if one arrives we express it or we write it mm-hmm. and then we just witness all these intentions as getting being formed and at some point we get a hang of this uh, drive that is generating intention and uh, without noticing we start getting into action mm. um, yeah. right. so that's like harnessing what creates intentions inside ourselves 
um, yeah, there's many games like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. So more specifically to, to students, um, how do you think WeFlow could maybe benefit uh, students uh, in a university surrounding? Uh, and mm -hmm. what, what maybe are some of the things that past students who've come, come to WeFlow, what, what have they said uh, of their experience? So the, the question, or uh, we call them happiest dream, actually, the, the question or the desires that students have uh, expressed um, when they join WeFlow is, how do I organize my learning better? How do I uh, organize my study day? Um, how do I get more motivated to do some type of classes that I mm. feel a bit less uh, drawn towards? Mm -hmm. How do I uh, get to 100% productivity when I'm studying mm -hmm. or when I'm doing, um, you know, uh, preparing for exams? And uh, also, uh, I help some students with their uh, end, end of year papers. Uh, how do I uh, meet the you know, the feeling of being stuck or the lack of uh, inspiration or feeling overwhelmed by the task. Mm. So um, all these all these questions, uh, they have several elements that, that influence the student. Uh, one of them is basically the environment of the student. Mm. Um, is it, um, what can I say? Um, is the student walking alone or is the student sometimes walking with other students? And um, <clears throat> a very nice way to use WeFlow is to start a WeFlow sessions between students and uh, unfolding our phases, uh, doing some round of shares, takes 10, 15 minutes. And already, there's already a different uh, state, a different, uh, um, let's say, relationship with what we're about to do. If we, if we do it along each other and uh, starting uh, with a playful flow like that. Uh, and then there's another aspect that is uh, impacting students a lot is uh, it's the culture or the interpersonal space, like the peers, uh, the relationship between students. Uh, some students sometimes um, are also having their relationships, uh, whether it is personal relationship or more, more close, close one's relationship, impacting their, their state. So how do we meet uh, what's happening in our relationship that is interfering with our state in a way that's uh, um, clear and in a way that's uh, effective that doesn't take a lot of time so we can go back to our studies mm -hmm. so we have uh, uh, um, ways for example one practice that helps a lot is uh, how to show boundaries how to show compassionate boundaries mm -hmm. another practice that helps a lot is how to uh, define uh, the relationship we want to have with someone, or how do we create peer agreements with our fellow students uh, to, to feel more free uh, to study the way we do, or to feel more free to, to connect or ask for help. So these are more the relational uh, aspect that can use students. Um, there's also some, a lot of inner gestures um, one important piece of WeFlow is the noticing of uh, self-compassion uh, and self-pity and the fact that they're kind of like uh, two sides of the same mm. coin and uh, how much uh, self-compassion am I experiencing right now? How can I revert back to self-compassion if I failed uh, exam or mm. uh, if I think it's hard what I'm doing right now mm. and um, this is uh, this is quite helpful to manage one's own state mm -hmm. as a student uh, and then we have a, another aspect which is uh, nourishment how do I get nourished how do I rest uh, after a big day of work mm. as a student mm -hmm. um, and there's interpersonal practices for that but also a personal practice for example uh, as at uh, Aurelia as at has that ever occurred to you, uh, being a, a mindful person, at the end of one year of study, to pause and just intend to receive inside yourself the fruits of your good work? <laughs> See what I mean? Is that, is that, wow, I, 
I did a lot today. Let's pause for one second. Is there is there a part of me that feels happy, that feels warm, that feels well-being around that? Mm. Well, is there already? Yeah, I mean, um, the, the, on the days where a lot of work has been done, there there are moments where where I, I close my notebook and I just look at my screen and I go, damn, how did I how did I just do that? How did I just write those three thousand words? Um, yes, but honestly, more often than not, what will happen is that I am not satisfied enough with what I have done. I think that's something mm -hmm. that probably a lot of people can relate to. Um, mm -hmm. We wish we were more productive. Yeah. We wish we had done yeah. more during the day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But 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 maybe maybe in those moments, it's good to remind yourself that you could have done nothing, right? And yet you have you've done as much as you could have done in that day. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. My point is that, you know, um, doing mindful practices, um, there's a moment where we get uh, a deeper access to, to ourself, deeper access to our own state. And um, when you close the book and you're happy about what you've done, there's, there's a spike of, okay, wow, I feel, I feel some well-being. And this is happening somewhere in your awareness, in your body, or maybe you think some emotions, and just pausing there and paying attention to that and giving it the fullness of your experience, your, your mindfulness, the feeling of well-being after finishing something and spending maybe, at being two, three, four minutes of receiving it, mm. uh, you, you will experience that there is... Um, or can I say, the more we pay attention to subtle places of well-being inside yourself, mm. the more they grow. And uh, at the beginning, you can do it for two, three minutes, but it's actually possible to sink into that feeling mm -hmm. of having done good work. So there's uh, ways that just by ourselves, after having done good work, we can nourish ourselves. Mm. And um, what happens is that... Uh, the way the brain works is that there's the language of the brain is experience. The more I give myself an experience, the more it the brain will make it uh, permanent or persistent. Mm -hmm. So as you said, yes, we can feel if we if we don't feel hundred percent satisfied about what we do, okay, but there's a part that feels satisfied, and paying attention to this part mm -hmm. uh, is really important. That's what I would use my my mindfulness for. And um, well, that last thing I can say, and that's I think that's quite important because it can be a mis, uh, misunderstanding about um, why focusing on the positive is important. Um, if we stop focusing on negative states, if we try to avoid getting into negative state, that's nice. That's nice. We will feel mostly neutral. But uh, what most of the Buddhist tradition. Uh, I've noticed is it's not enough. We need to retrain the focusing on positive. And this happens inside ourselves. You know, if I stop uh, negative states, if I be mindful of them, it's not enough. I also need to cultivate the positive. And there's a mindfulness teacher that's called Shin Zen Yong. Um, it's quite, uh, it's quite. Uh, um, precise in the way you describe mindfulness and focusing on positive is, is a very important piece of it mm -hmm. well earlier you mentioned um, that mm -hmm. the more you experience something the, the, the more your brain kind of accepts it and, and uh, goes along with it and that, may, that reminds me a lot of just harness or um, pr uh, developing habits right developing healthy habits that so, so that your brain no longer has to use so much energy to, to implement, for instance, a more, a po more positive mindset, right? So are there, are there any habits that, uh, that WeFlow works with? I'd say the, because we have a, an intentional flow that we adapt for uh, what we want to do or what we need to do, uh, it's pretty systematic. So we get the handle of it pretty quickly and um, we notice that some effects on our habits uh, the fact that uh, we start with good news 
it uh, helps basically remembering all the important positive things in our life so uh, it's uh, when whenever we start something uh, we st we start a session with a backdrop of uh, whatever positive happened in the last uh, few weeks or few months. So it really helps us focus on positive. Um, and um, but it's not something we decide to cultivate. It's an effect that we notice. Uh, another thing that happens is the the fact that uh, we there's space to share about our inner world. There's an increase in. Uh, the habit of talking about our inner world and more precisely also um, because we make agreements about our interpersonal space uh, and also we offer appreciations uh, to each other for qualities that we brought uh, and we do it uh, every time we meet so for for some people it's every day for some people it's every week then it becomes habit and uh, we see quickly spreading around uh, you know uh, teams companies uh, group of students group of friends uh, the practice of appreciation as something that becomes natural after meeting with a friend, for example. And um, another thing that um, uh, we we notice is these all those inner gestures that happen. Some of them, the more we do them, for example, in my case, uh, I I don't experience uh, large bouts of anger anymore. Uh, there's practice to transmit frustration and anger and uh, I've known it uh, so many times that now uh, half a second after experiencing frustration I feel uh, clarity, space, focus and uh, um, kind of a, some kind of creative uh, wisdom about what to do about it so um, these uh, all those inner gestures they, they help us uh, own our inner landscape and uh, navigate it uh, more quickly over time. Um, yeah, that's what I can say. Yeah, so I'm, I'm mindful of your time. Uh, is there any last thing that you would want to uh, tell the, the, the listener uh, about WeFlow or um, remind them in the end? Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> the, the aspect of play, the aspect of uh, tracking how much playfulness we feel right now about the topic is something that uh, I uh, when, when I on my path of developing mindfulness I had uh, I sometimes was very serious uh, about about the practice and, and sometimes even tight trying to do it perfectly or well and I forgot to keep my mind a little bit uh, light and open and um, this is uh, one important uh, uh, like key point that if I would have known that at the beginning it would have helped me a lot and uh, another aspect that is important is uh, the, the aspect of integration and I only got a lot of the benefits of uh, my meditation and mindful practice when I started to uh, follow up my sessions with actions or even bringing actions during my sessions uh, in the sense that whatever aliveness I feel when I'm meditating and being mindful, I take it from there and I bring it in my day. Um, and uh, WeFlow is about that. It's about what would happen if uh, everything uh, that happens in our life is an opportunity to integrate our life. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, And our, our, our recognition as a collective is the importance of setting time to integrate our experience, but also to modify our external environment after having this inner world explorations. Yeah, well, th thank you so much for uh, sharing that. Um, it was a it was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, maybe you know maybe we'll we'll record another podcast and dive in even deeper because we've only really scratched the surface. So uh, no, thank you so much. And, and uh, yes, I, I also. Uh, one thing that you shared is uh, an invitation to um, to to come and try. So we have uh, about a few times a month we have group tasters online, and it's uh, totally open to the public and it's free. So uh, that's a good way to come and experience a little bit more with flow for people who want uh, our website at we we flownet and we also have a Facebook page. Yeah, I'll I'll link them up in the in the description.
Thanks again, Stefan. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this episode or found it useful, then please share it with a friend. If you're interested in knowing more about the podcast or other projects undertaken by the Centre for Innovation at Leiden University, then you can find us under Centre for Innovation with the number four in it, .org. So centreforinnovation.org. See you in the next episode of A Very Mindful Podcast.